0: We, a couple of weeks ago, actually took two weeks to go through the 22nd Psalm regarding the sufferings of Christ that is called the Messianic Psalm. And if you remember, it's all about the Christ, the man, Jesus Christ, who came into the world and suffered and bled and died for our sins. He suffered emotionally, he suffered physically. God cannot suffer. Therefore, God became man that He could bear our sin upon Himself. Upon the cross of Calvary when He was forsaken of the Father for the purpose of God and the election of grace to save His people from their sins. And we went to the 45th Psalm last week and talked about Christ and His church. And the next in line Messianic psalm according to theologians would be the 72nd psalm, but I want to drop back to the 23rd because it tells us of the providence of God in our life And the finished work of Jesus Christ. We begin, if you'll pray for me, the Lord is my shepherd. If we read the Old Testament scriptures, you can find part of this in Jeremiah 23, Ezekiel 34 goes into more detail, verses 1 through. 9 of Ezekiel 34 teach us of the shepherds of Israel. These were those of the Levitical priesthood that God set aside to be shepherds over Israel. A shepherd was the most important role. We find Abel was a keeper of the sheep, he was a shepherd. And in that, we also see Christ and that in His offering, a lamb had to die. And that points to the sacrifice of the Lamb of God upon Calvary's cross. We also know that David was a shepherd. He kept his father's sheep. We know that he faced many dangers, faith protecting those sheep. Because he said in 1 Samuel 17, speaking of the armor of God, that he was protected from the bear and protected from the lion. A shepherd cares for the sheep. A shepherd is to love the sheep. That sounds a strange thing, but we used to raise horses. I love my horses. Just like you love a dog or a cat or whatever creature you keep if you do. And a shepherd is to watch them, to protect them, to care for them, to feed them, to lead them places where they are safe, to lead them places where they have food and water and the things that sustain them in life. David was a shepherd. Here we see the shepherds of Israel in the Levitical priesthood in verses 1-10. through The Lord is condemning those shepherds of the Levitical priesthood. We have to understand, first of all, that not all of Israel was of the spiritual Israel of God. I said this many times, but it was not according to Romans 9, the children of the flesh, but the children of the promise. Not just because they're of the seed of Abraham or they Israel, but because they're the seed of Christ chosen before the foundation of the world and saved in the blood of Christ and given the Spirit of God by which they have life. Those are the children of God. That is Israel. I say that to make the point that many of these men, as we see in the Old Testament, by the way they behaved and the way they acted and by the way the Scripture speaks, were not of spiritual Israel, yet because they were of the Levitical priesthood, they were placed in a power, a position of power and of teaching the children of God. That wasn't a mistake. That's the way it is by the flesh. The flesh profiteth nothing. It is the Spirit that profiteth. Jesus condemned them in Scripture in the New Testament, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Woe unto you. Because they were the natural man, many of them, not all were. Nicodemus came to the Lord by night. And he was a leader of Israel. He was a child of God, electable for the foundation of the world. And he knew the Christ because God had revealed Himself to him and he came to see Him at night. And with all that said, making the point that all the religious leaders in that day, just as today, all the so-called or self-claimed religious people that lead God's people... We're not of God. God condemned them. That's the flesh. That's our nature. They sought after money, power, fame, self, self, self. They put themselves before the sheep of God. They put themselves before the lambs of God. And God condemned that. I'm not going to stand up here and talk bad about them or the Jews because they represent the natural man and that's where we all are by our nature. If it were not for the grace of God, we'd be in the same shape or worse. But the purpose of God prevails. The providence of God prevails. Of all they did in all those times of leading the children of Israel at the point they were at when the Son of God was born into the world, They were there as the shepherds of Israel. So the Lord says in verse 11, For thus saith the Lord God, the Creator of heaven and earth, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the Godhead, three yet but one. And they bear record in heaven that... The three in one are God. They are one. For thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I, even I. This is one of those things that God said, I will. And you can mark it down in your book and take it to the bank. It is and it will be because God said, I will. He said, For thus saith the Lord, Behold, I, even I, shall both search My sheep and seek them out. David says, the Lord is my shepherd. The shepherd of the sheep. He said, I will both search my sheep and seek them out. It is Christ who is our shepherd. It is Christ who came into this world and suffered and bled and died as the Lamb of God, taking upon Himself the flesh of His people, the sheep of God, without sin, whereas we're all sinners, and by our nature at enmity with God. And He came to this world and He died for us. This is a comfort that David had. This is a knowledge that was given to David, a prophet, from the Holy Spirit of God And that he penned in the Psalms that we in this day and age might read the history of David in the Bible. And of the existence of the great I am self existing God all power all wisdom that we might know that he is our shepherd that we might have comfort in the words, that we might see what was by the flesh and the nature of man, and that we might see what is today for the last 2,000 years or so when Christ has saved us from our sins, when Christ has revealed Himself to us, when Christ, the man, Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of the Majesty on high, gives us knowledge and gives us peace and the knowledge of God. Let me go to Second Peter very quick and give you a quote from Scripture. Second Peter two and I mean Second Peter one and verse three, speaking of Christ, according as His divine power has given unto us all things, all things, everything we need, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. This is eternal life. And this is godliness as we walk in the world and godliness as we will stand in heaven in immortal glory. He's given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. How does it come to us? Through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Through the knowledge. That knowledge comes when God quickens you, when He writes His law upon your inward parts, upon your heart, and the new covenant which He established in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, the Creator of heaven and earth, our Lamb of God, our Lord, our King, our Deliverer. The glory goes to the Son of God. The peace we have is in the Son of God. It's in the knowledge of the finished work that Christ completed upon the cross. God gives you that knowledge when He quickens you and you have that knowledge manifest to you In the preaching of the Gospel, where life and immortality is brought to light, the Gospel teaches us of the very Son of God who was made flesh and saved us from our sin and established His church in the world. He's called us unto glory and virtue. God said back in Ezekiel 34.12, As a shepherd seeketh out his flock, and the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, why were they scattered? Read Ezekiel 1 through 10, 34 1 through 10. Because their leaders led them astray. Why did they do that? We go to John chapter 10. We read of those that came before Christ. They were all thieves and murderers, wolves and sheep's clothing, caring nothing for the sheep. When trouble came, they fled. When the wolf came, they fled. They cared absolutely nothing for the sheep. But here is Christ who loves you with an everlasting love. that never began. It never ends. It's always been and always will be. He loved you enough that He died upon the cruel tree of Calvary to save you from your sins and bring you to heaven and immortal glory when this world is over. As a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among, he came down. He was among us. He's among us in spirit now, among his sheep that are scattered. We were scattered by what we were taught. Why has Satan devised so many different religions and doctrines, whether they're Christian or whether they're Islam or whatever religion is out there in the world? Because it leads God's children astray. He does not have to lead the wicked astray. That's where they are by nature and will be until this world is over and gone. He uh, persecutes the children of God. That was the purpose. That was the purpose in John 10 of the evil one, Satan, who came and who corrupted and who led them astray just as in the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. All the gold, all the silver, all the power, all the rules like government has. Uh, This is for you. It's not for me. You have to obey it, but I do not. That was the Religious leaders, of the day God delivered us from that, as a shepherd seeketh out his flock, the day that he is among his sheep that are scattered, so will I. This is a positive. This is so. Amen. So will I seek out my sheep. All the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I shall in no wise cast out. I will seek out my sheep and will deliver them out of all places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. This man came from God. Genesis 49. I think 24 testifies of that. This was not the natural man. This was the Lord above. In the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, Conceived of the Holy Spirit of God upon a virgin who had not been touched by a man. He came into the world without sin. He had no inherited sin. He never committed a sin. He was without sin. But His body became sin for us. We find in verse 24 Genesis 49 to prove He came from God... Jacob blessing his son, speaking of Joseph, verse 24, but his bow abode to strength and the arms of his hands were made strong by the hands of the mighty God of Jacob. He's a type of Christ there. We may get into that sometime. But here he says, from thence is the shepherd. From the mighty God of Jacob. From thence is the shepherd. From God came our shepherd the stone of Israel, the cornerstone of the church. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's catch a little bit of John 10. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus begins this text telling them of those that were before Him that climbed in another way, They did not come to us through Christ. They didn't enter in by the door. Christ is the door. He plainly says that in verse 7. That teaches us they were not of God. They did not come from God. Even though they were of the Levitical priesthood according to the flesh and the nation of the flesh, they were not children of God. They were not teaching God's people. They were carried away in the deception of Satan and they sought to persecute the children of God. He said in verse 8, All that ever came before Me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. He says, I am the door. By Me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. We're going to get to the pasture in just a moment. The thief cometh not but for to kill and destroy I am come that they might have life, they might have it more abundantly. There is eternal life. That's the life that we have. And we have life more abundant, temporally speaking, as we live in this world and all the blessings of God that David is going to tell us about. The blessings of life. The blessings of family. Of wives and husbands and children. The blessings of grandchildren. The blessings of the church. The blessings of the assembly of the saints. The blessings of worship. The blessings of fellowship with our Savior. And Jesus said, verse 11, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd giveth His life for the sheep. No man before Him could do what He did. No man after Him could do what He did. Without sin, He bore our sin debt. He laid His life down and He raised it up again. He died for His people. The hireling fleeth. Let me back up. He that is an hireling and not the shepherd who is on the sheep or not seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth and the wolf catches them and scattereth the sheep. As we were scattered, verse 14 says, I am the good shepherd and know My sheep. Certainly He knows His sheep. He did not know who would accept Him. He did not know who would receive Him because there are none that have ever accepted Him while they were dead in trespass and sin. There was none that ever received Him while they were dead in trespass and sin. God gave them life because Christ died for them Christ died for them because in the covenant of love before the foundation of the world and the election of grace, God gave them to His Son and the Son agreed to die for them. I I know My sheep. Certainly He knows each one of them. He knows them by name. He knows the very hairs of their head because they are His. I am the Good Shepherd and know My sheep and am known of mine. And as the Father knoweth me, even so I know I the Father. There's a knowledge there we can't comprehend in this body of flesh. And I lay down my life. I lay down my life for Adam's race? No. For the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, Gentiles, Gentiles, God's elect among the Gentiles from before the foundation of the world, them also I must bring, and they shall hear My voice, and there shall be one fold, Greek and Jew, Israel and Gentile, and one shepherd, and that shepherd is Christ who came from God. The Lord is my shepherd i shall not want back to second peter chapter 1 verse 3 according as his divine power have been unto us all things which pertain unto life and godliness we're not going to want temporally speaking in the world god feeds us god He told us to seek you first the kingdom of God. And all the things of life that we need such as food and clothing and rain and shelter, the necessary things of life will be provided for us. I meant to look this next part up and I've neglected it because my mind always goes somewhere else as I'm reading. But I do believe it's the 37th Psalm and I tried to quote this one time. And last time I tried, I butchered it so you pray for me and understand it I hope. But David said, I was young, once was young, but now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. God, the providence of God, the grace of God, provides what we need in this world. We sit in one of the richest nations that's ever been on the face of this earth. Our homeless people are fat. I have so much things to eat and it's as good as kings have. It's available to all of us. God feeds His people. Sometimes we may get a little poor. Sometimes we may get without to a degree of what we want, but even at that, God feeds us. You can look at me and tell I've never been hungry except by choice. The point is, God the righteous are not forsaken. God's people are never forsaken. They'll never suffer hunger to the point they perish. God's providence in Christ provides for His people because He is our Shepherd as the shepherd brings the lambs to the high mountains to feed the Mount of Zion, to feed upon the green grass and the pasture. The Lord provides for us. Now let's go to a spiritual step. I shall not want. God hath given unto us everything, all things that pertain unto life and godliness. If we're not finding it, Maybe, at least in my circumstance in life, my self was in the way and I could not see it because myself stood in front of it. But it's there. It's provided. I stayed out of the church five or six years before I came back. I got to a point I was miserable because of people dying I loved around me. There was only one place to find peace and that was in the Lord's house. And here I came thanking God for bringing me here. But my point is the Lord is our shepherd and we shall not want everything we have is provided to us through the Lord Jesus Christ. David said, He maketh me to lie down In green pastures. There's a verse of Scripture in Deuteronomy 11. It says, The land in which you go is not as the land of Egypt. You don't water it, carrying water in buckets. It's not a flat ground that you have to carry water or irrigate in order to water the land. The land you go is the land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain from heaven above. Not getting too deep into that, want to make the point. I heard a man preach this once, don't remember who it was, but I agree with it wholeheartedly. And I hope to make a point with this if God will bless. The land of hills and valleys, ups and downs, mountains and valleys. Sometimes we're so high upon the mountaintop, we're on the top of Mount Zion in a peak where we can see afar off. Sitting over there hunting two ridges over many years ago. Christmas time in the big city of Birmingham, I was stressed to my max. Sitting up there hunting, looked across these two ridges between here and there and thought about what lay right here, the old Ebenezer church. Been here as long as I've been alive and much longer. I had peace in that. I had comfort in that. The Lord said, be still and know that I am God. The point I make to that is the knowledge that we have. But God brings us up on these high mountains and He feeds us with the green grass. When we're lifted up in the Spirit of God, when things are so good around us, nothing of the world seems to matter. The bliss in our heart, the joy, the peace.
1: And then other times when our nature,
0: as in my case, gets in the way, and I'm so down in the dumps and I hurt so bad, and I hate myself. We sang that song about tearing the idols from our heart. I mourn my sin. I hate the sins that make me mourn. I hate my thoughts. I hate what I think about. I hate what I've done in my life. I hate myself because I've sinned against God. David said, against thee and thee only have I sinned. And that's the way we feel when the Lord reveals it to us. But even when we're down in the low part of that valley, the Lord gives us green grass. That's where we feed. That's where we, in time of need, in time of pain, in time of sorrow, let's go beyond that. It may be at the loss of a loved one. We've seen a lot of death the last two years because of this disease. Whatever the case may be in this world, as the devil walketh about as a roaring lion seeking, whom may they devour? God feeds us on the knowledge of Jesus Christ. God delivers us daily. God feeds us. There's that abundant life that we have in the Good Shepherd. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Ezekiel 34. verse. I'll read a verse or two. Verse 13, "...and I will bring them out from the people separate from the world and gather them from the countries, Gentile, four corners of the earth, and will bring them to their own land, the land of Canaan." That's where we are today as we're assembled together. "...and feed them upon the mountains of Israel, the knowledge of God upon the Lamb." Revelation 14, "...that stood upon the Mount Zion, by the rivers, the Spirit of God, the love of God, and all the inhabited places of the country." I will feed them in a good pasture. It doesn't have patches. It's full. The grass is green. The grass is tall. It's not infected with weeds and additives and pollutants. It's the pure doctrine of Christ and Him crucified. It's the only salvation we have in Christ and Him crucified, which cannot be taken away and cannot be lost. People talk all the time about believing, believing, believing. And my mind goes to what Paul told Timothy. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we deny God in this world as many of us do and have, then He'll deny us in this world as being His child. But then, Paul says, yet if we believe not, Catch this. He, Christ, abideth faithful for He cannot deny Himself. Even if a child of God like a thief on the cross walks through this world all his life in rebellion to God at the point of death, if he is a child of God, God will quicken him and He will believe. I will feed them in a good pasture and upon the high mountains of Israel shall their fold be. And there they shall lie in a good foe they're laying down because they're in rest from the trials and tribulations that Satan afflicts us with. And then a fat pasture, good nourishing, fat grass, fat pasture, shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. I will, this is Christ, feed my flock, and I will cause them to lie down, saith the Lord God. We could go on, but I'm going back to the 23rd Psalm. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures and leadeth me beside the still waters. You know, when I began to think about this, I thought about the Pool of Bethesda and Siloam. I thought about something I read many years ago where the pool was there and an angel would come down and trouble the water. The first one that stepped in was made whole. I think it was Kenneth Clevenger, a very gifted minister, wrote an article once about that related to the troubling of the water being the Gospel, priests. Troubling our soul, which is what happens when we hear the Gospel, when we see Christ high lifted up, when we see the perfect Lamb of God who died for us and we mourn as one who mourneth for His only Son, our soul is troubled. Our soul hurts. We mourn our sin. And the Gospel heals us by walking. We're already alive or we couldn't step in the water. Now understand that. But the Gospel heals us by walking in the Gospel. That's a very good representation. I like that. I think when He leads us beside the still waters, a lot of that refers to the deep knowledge of God. I can remember as a child, the lake that we had was like six acres. On the shallow end, it was knee deep and the water there was always troubled. The water there, the wind was always hitting it. It always rippled. Your court would bounce up and down in the water. You go to the other end of the lake, it was about 36, 38 feet deep. That water was normally still because it was very deep. I could not swim all the way to the bottom and come back up. It was very deep. When God reveals, what did He say in 2 Peter 1-3? Through the knowledge of His Son. When God reveals to us the depth of the riches, oh, we're not able to bear it all, just a little bit, of His Son, Jesus Christ. We have been fed of the green grass. We're there beside the still waters where He leads us in the knowledge of the Son of God. Where we can stand against the afflictions of Satan, the loss of loved ones, the loss of liberty, the loss of a country, people dying around us, Satan rampaging upon the wicked and trying to devour the sons of God. Look at David who is pinning this, the Lord is my shepherd and all the afflictions and all the battles, a man of war, a man of the sword, that he endured, yet his faith and his strength and his comfort was always in God. A man of great sin, yet God never forsook him and God never gave him over because God cannot forsake His elect. It cannot be done. That's comforting to me when my mind has been somewhere it should not be. That's comforting to me when someone dies or someone hates me or is, does something against me. And by God's grace, I can pray. It's not my nature, I promise you. Lord, forgive them and help me to do so. That's grace. The knowledge in the deep, still, Water. That's where Christ brings us. That's what carries us to this world in peace, the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and the green pastures upon which we feed, and the deep, still waters. He restoreth my soul. If you want to use this in a way of God giving us life, that's fine. I have no problem with it because He gives us life. He's the only giver of life, the only Creator. No one else has that power. He restoreth my soul. I like to realize this truth when I myself have turned away from God. When I myself, by my nature, am I angry or hateful or whatever the case may be, when I myself am in sorrow, He restoreth my soul. First of all, when we sin, He forgives our sin. Second of all, when we sin, God will suffer us to sin. He's not the author of sin and confusion. But God is a purpose in all things that come about. If they're not ordained of Him, they are at least suffered to be of Him. But I say that to make this point. When we sin, when we sorrow, when we rebel against God, God comes to us in comfort. God gives us godly sorrow. He makes us ashamed of ourselves. He makes us mourn that we have in our own mind offended the Lord and Savior. He causes us to turn back to the Mighty One who created heaven and earth and loved us so much He suffered and bled and died for us. He restoreth myself. He gives me joy in Christ again. He brings me back into the fold. Back into the flock. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the path of righteousness for His name's sake. If I can find it, I'll read it. Proverbs 8 and 20. Speaking of Christ. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the path of judgment. As God judges this world, as God judges His people, He leads His people in the paths of righteousness. Our conversation, our walk is led by the Spirit of God. We've already mentioned being disobedient. That's our nature. We're going to be disobedient. We're going to fall. We're going to sin. Our existence is sin. We'll never gain perfection while we live in this body of sin. He that is dead is freed from sin, so then we'll be in heaven in immortal glory and see sin no more. But while we're here, we're sinners. And when we sin, He restoreth my soul. What a love God has for His people. And He leadeth me in the path of righteousness. He brings me back under the walls of Jerusalem. Why? For His name's sake. Psalm 25, verse 11, For Thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon my iniquity, for it is great. My sins are great. For Thy name's sake, O Lord. For Thy name's sake for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ who suffered and bled and died upon Calvary's cross and was raised up for my justification for His glory, Lord. Forgive me of mine iniquities. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. First of all, let me bring to your Mind a shadow, (laughs) a shadow has never hurt anybody. So while we walk in the shadow, always be in mind the shadow cannot hurt us, (coughs) and know that. Matthew 10. I'll tell you what the Lord Jesus Christ said as we. It's much stuff to read, I won't get to it all. Uh, think about being afraid. I can relate this to work, stand up here for two weeks, tell you about being shot at and tried to stab and penitentiary riots and all the evils that go in law enforcement on the street and a soldier could even go farther than I could about walking to the valley of the shadow of death. I'll mention one thing about that and move on. My training officer told me the first day I was on the training car, if you're going to do this job and you don't have faith in God, you might as well leave now because if you're afraid of dying, you'll never be a good police. And I agree with him wholeheartedly because what you do while you do these things, while you're law enforcement or a soldier, you don't worry about death because you know the Lord has your soul in His hand. And you know that because He loves you and blesses you, not because of anything you did. But now regarding fear, Matthew 10.28, Jesus said, and Fear not them which kill the body, watch this, but are not able to kill the soul. Satan can kill my body. Look what he did to Job. Would have killed him, but God forbid it. Fear not Him which can kill the body, but not the soul. Every child of God who has died, period. Everyone amongst the elect, period. Everyone the Father gave the Son, period. Who has died is with Christ. The soul cannot be killed. God gave it life. Fear not them which kill the body but are not able to kill the soul. Now some people are crazy and have no fear and some people do have fear and I'm not judging either one of them. I'm making the point, fear not them which can kill the body but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear Him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. And that is the Lord. Then he makes a point, and I'll go back to the text. Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father. The little bird. The little bird fall to the ground. The Lord knows it. But the very hairs of your head, put your name here, Are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sorrows. The Lord loves you. The Lord saved you. The Lord walks with you. When we walk through this world with just a step between us and death, just a step, Satan seeking to devour. Hateful people, criminals, seeking to devour. Religions, Islam, seeking to devour Christians. As we walk through the valley, the shadow of the valley of death, David said, I will fear no evil. Why? Because the Lord is my shepherd and the shepherd protects his sheep and the shepherd feeds his sheep and the shepherd leads his sheep and we are the sheep of God. And our shepherd died for us. The good shepherd. The great shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For Thou, Christ, art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff. Your rule. Your government. The knowledge of Christ. Your providence. Your protection. Your love. Your mercy. Your fierce wrath on those that hate me. I wanted to go to Isaiah. I wanted to go to David. I don't have time because my mind has gone other places. But He says He would lead us He would carry us in His arms. He would protect us. He would destroy the wicked. Those that were against us would fall. He would destroy them. God does that daily. David said, I have comfort in that because the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me. He carries me. He feeds me. He loves me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thy providence in my life, thy mercy, the Lord Jesus Christ, comforts me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Think about that. Here we are in a world. We're in a kingdom. The Lord said to His that followed Him through all His temptations, He said, I appoint unto you a kingdom. As the Father has appointed unto me a kingdom, I appoint unto you a kingdom. Where ye shall sit at My table. We sit at the Lord's table. We're fed at the Lord's table in the presence of our enemies. With all the wickedness of the world and sin and Satan around us, here we are this morning in the kingdom of God. And if God is blessing, then you are being fed. If He's not, then you lay that on me. Here in the presence of our enemies, God gives us everything we need. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies there in the wilderness when God had brought them forth out of Egypt. You want to talk about the nature of man? They'd seen the parting of the Red Sea. They'd seen Pharaoh's army drown. They had the pillar of fire before them at night. They had the pillar of a cloud in day. They saw the water from the rock They were surrounded from their enemies. And God gave them manna. There in the presence of their enemies, God fed them. Oh, there were those that rebelled against God. Can God provide a table in the wilderness? Can we have some flesh? Because we're tired of this manna, which was angel food, that's the nature of man. That's where I, I would be without the grace of God. Don't you give me any credit. It's all to the Lord. Because I am a worm. Jacob, thou worm. He said that one place where he will bless you. And he said, Jacob, thou worm. God blesses worms. I'm a worm. God blesses me. That's where I stand before Almighty God who loves me and carries me. His providence will not forsake me nor leave me. He's always with us. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. Very quickly, it was custom in the day and before that day of Christ that when one came into your house of a stature, a good stature, Uh, You would wash His feet and anoint His head and His feet with oil. Brings to mind the sinful woman. Oh, that sinner. Don't look in the mirror. I hate to look in the mirror. I see myself, my sin. God bless that woman. We're to give testimony to to her. The Bible says everywhere this Gospel is preached. She stood behind Him she cried. She washed his feet with her tears. Wiped them with the hair of her, his feet with the hair of her head. Anointed his feet with oil. The old self-righteous Pharisee, if he knew she was a sinner, if he's a prophet, he'd know that. He said, I came into your house and you haven't washed my feet. You have not given me oil for my head. But this woman has. What does this say? That's a love. That's a love she had for the Christ. I hope, I hope, I don't know what heaven's going to be like, but I hope to be able to bow before his feet and to wash his feet. I hope to be able to kiss his feet as she did. Thou anointest my head with oil. That shows us because it's worked in us of the love of God which Christ has, not only the greeting and the salutation of the oil upon the head and the feet, if you want to take a spiritual look, then we see the Holy Spirit which is involved in all of this, for Christ has returned to glory and the Lord sent us the Holy Spirit who comforts us and leads us and guides us, the anointing of the oil of the Holy Spirit. And David said, My cup runneth over. God blesses me so much I cannot contain it all. I've said this several times, but it amazes me. I'll go next week because my monthly supply is getting low. And I'll fill my freezer up with meat and and get stuff like that. And I'll get home and go to unload it. And it amazes me knowing what I am, a worm that God loves me so much that these things are provided. Temporally, my cup runneth over. I don't need anything. It's all provided. Spiritually speaking, <laughs> Lord have mercy. The joy, the joy, the joy in the knowledge of Christ. Even joy in this, for unto you it is given, in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe, but to suffer for his name's sake. Even joy in suffering for our Lord, because he suffered for us. Joy. I don't like to suffer, but if I suffer for Christ, there's a joy in that. My cup runneth over. And he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. The sure mercies of David. Never forsaken. Never given out. No matter who we are, if we're gods, if we stand among the elect, the providence of God is with us. What we do, what we don't do, Sins of commission, sins of omission, laziness, slothness. I get bad that way sometimes. does not change anything because the Lord will never leave us nor forsake us. We have joy and obedience. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that all of this is ours in Christ. Surely, goodness and mercy surely shall follow Me all the days of my life for God will not give us over and I will dwell in the holy house of the Lord forever. If you want to consider that the church which you're a part of, that's fine. If you want to consider that being in the kingdom of God because you're born of the Spirit, that is fine. And if you want to look to heaven and immortal glory, (laughs) where we will be delivered one day, that's good too. Good to see y'all.